You're listening to episode 36 of the Thriving Mom podcast. Today, we're talking all about restriction. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Thriving Mom podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Well, hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Wimei, here to support you on your motherhood journey so that you can ditch dieting, gain food and body freedom while raising healthy, confident eaters. I'm so glad you could join me today. So today's episode is really packed and we're just going to jump right in. But before we dive into the episode, I wanted to tell you about a resource that I created just for you if you're looking to heal your relationship with food. It's called the Food Freedom Guide. You can get it on my website at oliveandbliss.ca slash foodfreedom. I'll include a link in the show notes. The guide walks you through three simple strategies that would help you get back to enjoying foods you love without fear, guilt, or stress. Because one of the most common questions I get from moms is that they're so busy and they barely have time to eat and then they feel guilty and fearful about foods. So this guide will help you know what to pay attention to so that you can actually tell when you're hungry how to eat so that you don't worry about a nighttime binge, which I know is a struggle for a lot of us moms. It'll make such a difference in the way you approach food, I promise. So once again, you can grab that at oliveandbliss.ca slash foodfreedom. On to the episode. Now I have a story. At the beginning of May, (laughs) I took my three-year-old to the store and while we were there, she decided that she wanted chocolate eggs. You know, the ones that come with toys inside them. Now, the thing is, she doesn't eat them. She just wants the toys in them. Can you relate to this? I don't know why they do this. Because you spend that money on huge chocolate and then she just like melts it off, takes out the toys and that's it. But to that day, I was in a hurry and I just didn't have the patience to deal with her. So I just pretended like I didn't hear her. (laughs) Big mistake. She started singing. I want chocolate eggs. Hum. I'm not even kidding you. Like she kept repeating this over and over again. And the more I pretended not to hear her, the louder she sang. Of course, the thing is, I knew what to do, but I was unwilling to do it because I was too busy. I just wanted to get out of the store. So even thinking about it now just makes me shake my head because I completely lost it. And I just yelled, no, you're not getting chocolate eggs. Of course, she looks at me turns away and continues singing like I wasn't even there. So finally, I said, you know what? I hear you, Ashira. You can have chocolate eggs when I buy them. For today, we're here to buy whatever it was that was on the list. I can't remember what we were buying. Anyway, once I said that, silence. She just said, okay. And then we shopped and left. I didn't buy the chocolate eggs. She didn't throw a tantrum. She was fine. Why? Because I listened. I allowed her to speak and then I responded. Now I'm going to say that this didn't happen suddenly because it took time for us to get here. But with practice, she has learned to know that when I say I'm going to do something, I will do it. It might not be at that time, but I will do it. 
And this is why I want to talk about restriction in this episode, because when it comes to food and our relationship with food, sometimes we want something, but we keep telling ourselves that we can't have it until we can no longer use willpower or control to subdue those feelings. And then we just go all out and then we blame ourselves for being weak and go down this spiral of, oh, I'll never get it right. This is why I can't lose weight. It's all my fault. Sound familiar? Now, part of the work that I do is helping moms go back to that place where they build trust with themselves. And part of that trust has to do with giving yourself permission to allow previously restricted foods back into your diet. And I see this in my clients because when I chat with them, (laughs) it's always a big deal when we start talking about permission. Like you can see their eyes start to get bigger. It's like you can see them start to sweat. And it's a struggle. But for some of us, we don't even know that we're restricting. And this is why it can be very sneaky for a lot of us. And when the light gets shone on the fact that we're restricting, we all of a sudden have a lot of emotions about that. Now, I'm just going to say here that this is not the same as wanting something, then changing your mind about that. That's not restriction. Restriction is you've given yourself permission, but then sometimes you find yourself avoiding it when you get to eat that thing. So then you start to question and you have this back and forth and then all of a sudden you find yourself at the bottom of the bowl of popcorn and you don't even know how you got there because you quote unquote overeat. Again, remember this is overeating is your body's natural response to restriction. That is a sign that you haven't given yourself full permission. So why is it not helpful? When you're trying to build a relationship with food, the restriction actually leads to preoccupation with food. So you're constantly thinking about food and most times it's that food that you're not letting yourself to eat. The foods you said you shouldn't or you can't eat. So if you've seen yourself in this situation, I'm just asking you, how's that working out for you? (laughs) Right? It doesn't. And this leads me to my next point, which is that restriction creates feelings of rebellion and resistance. Telling yourself that you can't have something creates that desire to be rebellious because you want to prove that you can actually have it. And this is one of the things I tell my clients in Thrive, which is my one-on-one coaching program. It's like having a toddler going to full meltdown mode in the middle of the grocery aisle. That was my daughter when we were shopping and she wanted chocolate eggs. Of course, she didn't go into a full meltdown because over the years, we've kind of trained her, and she knows. But she wanted to be heard, and the more I ignored her, the more she wanted to prove her point, which, if I hadn't, would have resulted in either a full meltdown or me getting upset and just leaving the store. And then, of course, you know how the day goes (laughs) once that happens, especially if it's in the morning. Now, another thing with restriction is that it leads to this moralistic black and white thinking where you really don't have room for mistakes. So whenever you find yourself maybe eating the food you said you weren't going to eat, and of course, because you were restricting, then you quote unquote overate, you start speaking to yourself negatively. You go down this spiral of despair, as my daughter calls it. 
which just moves you further and further away from building trust with your body because your thoughts are leading you to take non-productive action in that moment. And for some of us, that is where stress eating, binge eating, and eating way past our comfort level comes in because there is that mental restriction going on. Again, if you know that you're consciously restricting, that's your cup of tea, you know you're restricting. It's the mental part that I'm really concerned about because a lot of us don't know and we're not conscious of this. So I'm really trying to shine a light here for you. So now you might be wondering, well, we may, I hear you, but how do I know I'm restricting? Good question. If you haven't heard me say it before, it typically shows up when you've chosen to allow foods and you find yourself still avoiding that food, even though you've brought it into your home. So I'll share an example because maybe you can relate to this. For me, mine was always about chips. (laughs) I never brought chips into the house. But when my kids wanted them, I thought, well, this might be my time to finally heal my relationship with chips and figure out what's going on here. So I would buy them. But whenever my kids were eating them, I never felt like eating them. Or so I thought. So while I didn't say out loudly that I was avoiding chips, I found myself hesitating every time I wanted to try them out. You know, I just thought, well, that's I didn't like them, but that was not the case. The truth was I was still mentally restricting because of my black and white thinking when it came to food. And how I found this out was when I asked my kids, what is the one food that you think I don't like to buy? What's the one food that you want to eat that I don't enjoy and I don't participate with you? And I kid you not, both my kids, my three-year-old, she wasn't conscious or she couldn't say it at that time. But my other two right away just said chips. So that's how I knew. So for you, it could be a different food. It could be candy. It could be ice cream. It could be popcorn. It could be carbs. Let's be real. But I'm hoping you get what I mean. It's like you go to eat that food. Then you start having this back and forth question and answer process in your brain about whether you're allowed to eat or not. And then when you start with whether you're allowed to eat it or not, you start to think, well, maybe I can do half or you start to figure out what is the right amount I should be eating. And of course, by that time, your brain is tired and you either say, screw this, I'm not eating this, and you're upset and you become angry and find something else to comfort yourself, or you just eat that food so angrily because again, you're rebelling. But if you followed me for a while, you know that this is not helpful, particularly because when this happens, you're telling yourself, you're creating a story that you're always out of control around that food and you make this become a fact when it's really not, right? So then that's where the negative thinking and talking to ourselves comes in. I'm always out of control around popcorn. I never stop overeating carbs. I'm addicted to carbs, which is a very popular one. Side note, food addiction isn't real. We can argue about that another day, but that's for a different episode. So when you feel like you're out of control around a food, you keep finding yourself overeating. Again, I'm using overeating here in quote because that's what the term that we use. I'm addicted to this food. If you find that you're thinking those thoughts, really explore and say, am I letting myself have this food? Because you can see I gave myself permission, but are you really allowing yourself 
to capitalize on that permission. Now, another way that you'll know that you're restricting is having a sense of morality when you talk about the food. And I know you know this because you'll say things like, oh, I ate good this week. I ate bad this week. Oh, I ate terribly yesterday. What does that mean? So then you don't make excuses for eating bad and eating terribly. But if you ate good, then you're really happy about it. Why can't you just say, oh, I ate and be done with it? Why do we need to add the good, bad, terribly, or well? Why do we have to add that? That is telling you that you still have black and white thinking about food. And there is a place for you to explore where you're restricting. Okay, so now I've talked about this and you might be thinking, oh crap, this is me. I'm so disappointed. I want you to stop right now and recognize that this is not your fault. The truth is a lot of us think that by controlling our food intake on our bodies, we can be disciplined enough. We need to rely on willpower and that'll help us become our healthiest selves. But that's not true. That is what diet culture has taught us to believe. But if you've been on that willpower train for a while, you know that it doesn't serve you. Food and our bodies are not moral issues. They don't need to be controlled. You were created in a way that whatever body and size and shape and ability you have is meant to serve you and you alone. That's the fact. The fact is you live in a body and your body is equipped to do what it needs to do. We run into issues when someone starts comparing their bodies to other people. Well, if that person's body can lift a 50 pound weight and mine can only lead a 10 pound weight, that means there's a problem. No, there's no problem. Our bodies are just built differently and that's okay. So what's the solution? To restriction? Allowance. Sounds simple, right? And sometimes it sounds way too simple that we don't believe it can't work. But trust me on this. The fact that it's simple means that anybody can do it. And when I say anybody, that means you'll do it in a way that works for you. Not based on other people's way, but yours. So what does allowance do for us? Allowance actually gives you the space to choose what, when, and how you want to eat, how you want to engage with food. And it doesn't just end there. You get to choose how you engage with movement. You get to choose how you want to engage with dressing, engage with other people. With allowance, you take the ownership and agency back in making decisions about yourself. And this is what this podcast is all about and my work in Olive and Bliss Wellness. It's all about giving you the opportunity to recognize that you have the power to be an agent for yourself and take ownership back. So with allowance comes vocabulary like I could, I get to, rather than staying in I can't, I shouldn't, I have to. And the thing is, even if you decide I can't eat this food based on health reasons, it means you don't get to judge other people. You don't get to feel guilty or ashamed for not being able to eat that food. You don't get to feel deprived because you know there's a reason why. 
And it kind of reminds me of a former client who wanted to eat veggies so bad. <laughs> like she felt she had to eat vegetables. And I always laugh because she bought cauliflower rice when she was on keto diet. And she had the cauliflower rice in her freezer for months. Didn't want to do anything with them, but she felt she needed to eat them. So after working through her underlying stories, we started exploring how can we introduce veggies back into the diet. So the first thing that we just did was, what if rather than saying, I have to eat vegetables, you can say, I get to eat vegetables. Does that sound doable? And it did for her. So gradually, she started feeling like, okay, I could try whatever vegetable it was. It was a while back, so I can't remember exactly. But she just was able to give herself that allowance and permission to try different things with vegetables. She found out she didn't like vegetables when they were soggy. She liked them when they were crisp. So then she started thinking about meals that could incorporate some kind of stir-fried veggie or roasted veggies in them. That way, she was still able to get to eat the vegetables the way she liked rather than thinking, well, I have to eat it this way or that kind of vegetables. So how do we allow ourselves when it comes to eating? First, you need to set the intention that you'll no longer restrict foods. Really, really important. I just shared an example of my client. Recognize that all foods are allowed. Once you set that intention, whenever you feel yourself restricting, take that as an opportunity to explore what's at the root of that feeling. If I find myself wanting to eat spaghetti, <laughs> spaghetti because this is a common one too, if I feel like I want to eat spaghetti and I'm restricting, what is it at the root of that? Perhaps you still have a thing about black and white thinking when it comes to carbs. Maybe you still think carbs are bad, even though you've said you've given yourself permission. So it's always another layer of this work, right? Because we've been thinking and living this way and engaging with food and our bodies for decades so you're not going to spend three months and think, well, I've been on this intuitive eating journey or I've been on this trust-based eating journey, so I know it all. No, once you get through one stage, another thing comes and that's an opportunity for you to explore. So when you explore what's at the root of that feeling, ask yourself, what would the version of me who is no longer restricting do? Very important question. What would the version of me who is no longer restricting do when it comes to this food? then do that. See how that feels for you. Try it out with something small because I know some of you perfectionists there, you start thinking, well, I'm just going to go and do it with all the foods. No, your brain is going to freak out. So pick one food, try it out for a couple of days. See how that feels. Try it out again. See how that feels. Then pick something else. Try the same thing. Rinse, repeat. And that's how you build a habit because again, you're teaching your brain that no, I'm not restricting this food. I'm going to allow this food. And when you continue to do that and build that evidence, it's easy for your brain to relax. I know some of you might be wondering, well, I have an allergy or an intolerance and I can't eat certain foods because of my health. I'm going to make a distinction here. Having an allergy or intolerance is part of your body's mechanism. So you do what honors your body. Rather than thinking, well, if I don't want to eat this food because of my health, that means I'm restricting. No, that is honoring your body. So for me, I have lactose intolerance. So I've learned over the years how much dairy I can have. I can't drink regular milk, so I drink soy and that's fine. 
But oddly enough, there were years when I told myself I shouldn't eat any form of dairy. I never ate cheese. I never wanted to eat anything that had dairy. And that even made me want to try more. So sometimes I would find myself, quote unquote, overeating ice cream. And then, of course, we know how that all ends up. And it wasn't honoring to my body. So I really started to try things and see what feels good for me. If I allow myself to eat ice cream, how much ice cream can I have? What brands of ice cream work better for me? There are brands that I can eat. There are some that I can't just because of the amount of milk solids in them. So now I know if I have one scoop of ice cream, perhaps that's good. Over the week, how much ice cream have I had? If I have an extra one today, is that going to impact me? Yes, no, then I get to choose. If it impacts me, that's fine. I know I'll pay for it later, but I made that conscious decision and I don't feel deprived. I don't feel sad or guilty about it. It's like I took ownership and agency over that decision. Again, we always want to make sure that we're honoring ourselves and our bodies. Now, before we go, I want you to recognize that how you eat does not define your worth. Your health is impacted by so many things beyond your control. And this is so important in this work because when you give yourself permission and mental space to make choices that allow with align with your values, it helps you to pay attention to what you eat in a way that honors you. Over time, you'll start to see that those choices come a little bit easier. They're not as stressful. They're not as emotionally charged. And they actually help you support your kids' eats in a way that honors them as well. Again, you don't need to explain your eating and food choices to anyone, including yourself, <laughs> right? And that's a beautiful thing. So I hope this episode was helpful. I'm going to be running an intuitive eating series in the coming weeks and would love to set the stage for you if you decide to explore intuitive eating. So I'll share my experiences. I'll share the experiences that my clients have had to kind of help you on your own food and body freedom journey. And I hope that it would help you to explore areas that you never thought of because my aim here is to help you and support you to heal your relationship with food and your body. I'll still have other episodes weaved into it, but I'm really excited about it. So if you're not subscribed to the podcast yet, you better do so. It's going to be fun. Tell your friends, share with everybody you know. All right, my friend, your action item for this week is to explore where you might be restricting your food. And I always love hearing from you. So please share your key takeaways, aha moments with me. I'm at Olive and Bliss Wellness on Instagram and Facebook. And remember, you're worthy of allowing yourself to eat foods that you enjoy without guilt, shame, or fear. If you need support, grab my food freedom guide. Once again, it's at oliveandbliss.ca slash foodfreedom. All right, my friends, I will talk to you next week. But until then, keep thriving.